You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 261, Defeated Sanity. Hosted by Dan Terry. I bought the holy fucking shit edition of this. And Joseph Wren. Ladies and gentlemen, unpleasable metal fan. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you're in a ditch with a shovel digging into the soil, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. We're going to get a little doomy. We're going to get a little gloomy. It's all going to be good this week. Right, Dan? Well, we're going to get doomy next week. This week, well, we're going to get technical <laughs> but you know I, i'm a little sad that you that you said my full name you know as the host on this episode because i'm getting ready for everybody to fucking hate me after this one <laughs> when you said we were going to listen to defeated sanity i said sounds great where do i sign up then i got six albums of all the early 90s death metal i could handle that's all great do you want to know what's not great? Listening to the same album over and over and over and over again. Wait a second. This is a death metal fan's fantasy, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of complaints there. I'm going to disagree with the 90s thing because I feel like 90s death metal bands had far better production than this. Uh, but I do, I don't know. This is a this is kind of a love-hate thing because people ask me all the time. They're like, you cover so many different genres of music on the podcast. What's your favorite? What do you usually, what do you usually like? And don't say early, you know, 2000s metalcore. The truth is, is that, yeah, my favorite really is early 2000s metalcore. Uh, but... <laughs> Which is, you know, if you're a te- if you're a brutal technical death metal fan or a technical brutal death metal fan, and you're listening to this right now, I want you to know right away that this band, who is quite possibly your favorite band, is being evaluated by a guy whose favorite genre is early 2000s metalcore. I, w- I want to say that up front because I don't want you to think that I'm coming at this with any sort of level of credibility. But one of my favorite types of music to listen to is like technical death metal, uh, which is more more like bands like Origin or um, uh, Necrophagist or Necrophagist. I, I never knew which one way I would pronounce that band's name. We already talked about that on Patreon a while back, but um, you know, uh, I like I like really techy stuff. Um, Revulsed, I'm a big fan of Revulsed. Who, uh, uh, fun fun fact, not only does Revulsed feature uh, Jason Sherlock, formerly of Inexordium and Paramecium and Mortification and Horde, uh, but it also fe- that album Infernal Atrocity that we also talked about on Patreon. Uh, the vocalist was also the vocalist for Defeated Sanity, and he sounded great. <laughs> Defeated Sanity is just a whole different bag of worms for me because I like super technical music, but I've also been known to put on, you know, YouTube videos or YouTube playlists of just three hours of straight slam metal, like just 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 gurgly shit. And I mean it. I mean, I mean, just the gurgliest shit with the slowest churniest breakdowns you've ever heard in a band and the vocalist is either growling as hard and low and deep as he possibly can or he's just getting like really close to the microphone and going and then they're turning that up really 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 loud and then throwing it on to the mix 
Either way, I love it. I'm here for it. So if you're a fan of ultra technical death metal, as well as what I just described, then you're going to love Defeated Sanity. And a lot of people do. Uh, when I was reading other reviews for Defeated Sanity albums and prepping up for this episode, I found that this band is quite loved uh, by the brutal death metal scene. So, again, get prepared, you know, prepare yourself in any way you can. You know, I think Death Clock would say make sure you have your knives, check, chains, check, body bag, check, all of that stuff. As I'm going to talk about this band in not so flattering terms in places. Well, before Dan establishes true death metal credibility, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion Podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Go! We do enjoy five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. If you want to leave us a review, leave us a review, especially if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time and you want to hear us read your review on the show. We will absolutely do that. Another thing that we've been doing lately is we are opening the show up for you to run sponsorships on the show. Meaning if you want to sponsor an episode of discography discussion, send us an email, Dan and Joe show at gmail.com. Let us know what your band is. Let us know what your product is. And we will talk about all of the sponsorship opportunities we have for you. I'll tell you a little bit more about that at the end of the show. We got a tweet from Chris for Lacey. Did I say that right? I mean, I'm not the guy to ask on how to pronounce things the right way. <laughs> he says, please do a Byzantine episode. Okay. Done. I've not, yeah, I mean. It's on the it's schedule. Not, yeah, it's on the schedule. It's not done. <laughs> just, just for clarification. I have not listened to a single note. So, but uh, yeah, I'll, we'll definitely, definitely be interested in checking that out. We got an email from Dylan Barber in reference to our Crimson Thorn episode. Uh, Dylan says, hey there, I just wanted to say that I really dig the podcast. Thank you very much. I started listening last year and you guys have covered Zayo and Living Sacrifice, which are two of my favorite bands. It was really cool to hear an episode on Crimson Thorn. It led me to do a little digging on what that band has been up to these days. I found that some of the members are in a death metal band called Taking the Head of Goliath. It's brutal material, and I just wanted to pass the word on to check it out if you haven't already. Anyways, thanks again for the awesome podcast. Take care. So, yeah, I know about Taking the Head of Goliath. They've been on my radar for a while. They went on a tour called the Hasten Revelation Tour, which featured Crimson Thorn, because if you have half the guys in Crimson Thorn there, then, you, you know, you might as well have Crimson Thorn play on the tour as well. <laughs> uh, so they did that, and I believe Living Sacrifice was also on that tour. So um, definitely, uh, definitely know about the band. I haven't gone too deep into what they do just yet but i will eventually and so uh yeah thanks for uh thanks for bringing that up they are on the list they need to put out a few more albums though for us to do like a full-on uh discography discussion on them but we, we will get there so dan tell me about defeated sanity defeated sanity is a technical brutal death metal band from berlin germany which is interesting because going into this episode, I did not realize that they were a German band, but it turns out they are from Germany and they've been around since 1993. 
if you can believe that. They were actually founded by... uh, So their drummer and their guitarist... The drummer is the guitarist's son, which I thought was actually really interesting. So it's kind of like uh, every metalhead's dream where you're going to start the family band. So you say that's the dream. I say I've seen a lot of family bands play countless bluegrass festivals, and it's usually one of the best musical performances you'll ever see because they are so in sync that you can't mess up even once and notice. So imagining a death metal band being just as coordinated, that might explain the constant onslaught of brutality and the ever-maintained vision. So I thought you were going to say, imagine a death metal band playing at a bluegrass festival. (laughs) And I'm like, honestly, they probably fit right in. As a matter of fact, some of those bluegrass guys would be talking to the guitarists and being like, hey, I'll give you a couple tips on speed picking. You guys can actually go way faster than you've been going. Um, those, Those banjo guys know what's going on. As far as it being the dream of a family band, you know, I, I would imagine that yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be really, 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 really tight musically, which they are. You know, I'm not gonna deny that about this about this band. Um, but I mean, imagine messing up, and instead of you just messing up and it being no big deal, what if your father is disappointed in you <laughs> if you mess up? So you're gonna you're gonna become you know the best drummer you know ever of all time. And uh, yeah, so these guys have been around for for a very long time, and they put out, I mean, a shitload of demos that that we're not going to talk about because I didn't listen to them uh, because I don't, you know, I I, I, I'm, I don't know how to get a hold of Defeated Sanity's 1995 demo, Defeated or Devoured by the Black. You know, like I don't, I, I can't, I'm not going to get those. The the first thing I heard from this band uh, was their debut that didn't actually come out until 2004. So. A full 11 years after the band formed is whenever we finally get their full-length contribution. So, like I said, I don't know what those demos sound like. They could sound totally different. I have no idea, and therefore cannot comment on them in any real way. 2004, prelude to the tragedy. Let me get this out of the way right now. So much grind, so much brutality. I loved it. Next album, please. Right. Um, thank you for that, Joe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this is actually, this is actually really good. Uh, this is kind of, this was kind of my baseline for for what I look for with you know more technical, uh, brutal bands like this because I love the vocals, especially for being a more traditional death metal style. And so what you what you have on this record is a lot of te- frantic technical riffing with a little bit of breakdown, but there's not there's not as much like weird slam stuff going on here. And I know slam's not listed as like a style that these guys play, but I, I hear it unless I'm just so horribly misinformed that I don't know the difference between slam and technical brutal death metal or whatever. Uh, you know, send me an email. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll you can tell me if I'm off base on that. But uh, this record is more just pure death metal than I think anything else. It's 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 technically superior to a lot of stuff that's that's this heavy. Uh, vocals are definitely done in that guttural Cookie Monster style that Chris Barnes made popular all those years ago. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I I very much dig this record. I like how pummeling and brutal it is, and it actually sonically, to my ears, actually sounds better in the production department than a lot of their releases that come out after this. And uh, 
so I got I got really excited listening to this record, kind of like really giving it my time of day or night. I listened to this at like four o'clock in the morning, but um, <laughs> you know, I gave it I gave it you know a, a solid listen. So I was really excited. I was like, man, if there's more of this to come, and they they get progressively more technical and kind of uh, thinking outside the box, this could be something really really great. And so yeah, it definitely made a very strong first impression on me. I like it. I like I like when the music slows down. You get just that churny like death metal breakdown in there. Like it is it is sick. And I love it. This is this is right up my alley. And I was like, man, I cannot wait to check out what else this band has to offer. You know, and then and then I did. You mentioned the slam. This style of death metal, it summons the emotion of the mosh pit before the mosh pit was the mosh pit it was the slam pit and i see everyone creating this swirling whirlpool of humanity just bouncing around the room no real logic no real rhythm to it it's that punk rock energy that is in all of these thrash origin styles my point you want to get rowdy when you're listening to this because it changes the meter of the song just enough to keep you on edge and you can't really focus on the tempo. You're not supposed to. This style is everybody playing together, being precise, and it's exactly what I was looking for today. <laughs> and to be clear, whenever I say the word slam, I'm specifically referring to the subgenre of slam death metal. Um, you know, just so that we, just so that you know, you guys, I, you know, I, I googled some words before I did before I did this episode. What about know, slam poetry? Like, is this a listener thing? No, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's slam poetry. It's poetry to my ears. Like I said, I really love this record, and um, so it, this is one of those weird situations where, like, I came into this with very, very high expectations, and I think you guys know what I'm getting at here. So, <laughs> I guess we'll go ahead and uh, move right along. 2007 Psalms of the Moribund. Prelude to the Tragedy was definitely more rooted in death metal, in a death metal style that had more or less already been established and even perfected by some bands. This is more of a let's modernize it in a way, you know, like let's make it more, let's like, let's, let's be more brutal. I mean, every band like this obviously wants to be more brutal. Every time they want to hit you harder than they hit you the time before in case you're not dead yet. And so a lot of the things that I like about Defeated Sanity are present on this record. You've got that frantic technical riffing, just weird sort of sort of time changes, but an extra focus on that real brutality. You know, that that stuff that we all showed up for. And then the vocals kick in. And I automatically, well, first of all, you can tell this is a different, this is a different vocalist than what we'd had uh, on the previous record. And I think that's important because this is more, so whenever I was talking about slam earlier, this is where I hear the slam influence the most. Um, if you go on YouTube and you type in, you know, slam death metal playlist, th these are the only kind of vocals you're going to hear, uh, which is that just that very, very, very thick gurgling uh, sort of thing where, you know, 
It's actually sort of like you can only go so deep with your with your with your vocal register, <laughs> and so eventually the the noise floor sort of sort of bottoms out, and the only thing you have left are gurgling sounds, which in my ears actually sounds more high pitched and squealy, which is where you get sort of the um, the comparison to pig squeals uh, as your as your vocal style. And um, I want to be I want to be as upfront as possible about this. I loved it. I love that shit. Absolutely. (laughs) And have have consistently always loved that shit because at this point we are beyond, we're beyond showing bands like this to other people, like people that don't listen to only this all the time. So like lyrics are out the window. I don't, I don't have to really like, it's an instrument like the, like, like vocally, it's just, it's just an instrument. It's, uh, it's part of the, it's such an essential part of the experience that I wouldn't have it any other way. And you're like, okay, so what's the problem? You love this. You, you love shit like this. And it's true. I do. What I don't like though, is that I prefer bands that have vocal styles like this and guitar tunings like this. And drums like this, I love. How, I, by the way, I love how acoustic-y the drums are. Like this is not some like this. This dude just went into the studio and they just fucking you know sequenced him and you know uh, snapped him to a grid or anything. This motherfucker is playing this shit and he's playing it well. My problem is, is I think the band's better than this, like musically. Like I think that they have they have that technical spark where they could take this in a totally different direction. And of course, that is just me projecting what I want onto what somebody else's decisions are, which never really works out very well. But I have to say that after the potential of what the first album gave me and the potential of their their, their level of playing, I expected maybe more of a jump forward musically on this than what I got. Instead, what I just got was heavier. And so it, it you know, it subtracted a couple of points for me. I, I was like, man, this is cool. And, I, and I'll listen to it as background noise. It's cool. But it didn't capture my attention the way that I could. I just found, I found a lot of it to be a little bit pointless and a little bit boring because even though the songs have a technical spark, they, there's never anything particularly memorable about it to me. It, it all just kind of gets lost. And if you're not if you're not sitting there paying attention, taking notes, you might not even notice that this band is technical. You're just like, yeah, it's just another brutal death metal band. Great. If you're listening to this band at this point, you're not listening for the super deep introspective vocals because there is not a damn thing being said. And I don't care. I'm listening to this for the slam tempo, everybody get rowdy feeling and dirgy gurgling vocals are part of that so embrace it enjoy it it's fun and the band's ability to be technical and still mess with the meter is a lot better than some other bands i've heard but it's just sloppy enough at times that it keeps you guessing i enjoy the record but it is exactly what the definition of this death metal is it's not innovating and maybe that's not the point i feel the same way you do i don't want to project what i think on this i think the band overall does exactly what they set out to do at this point it's fine i had fun with it but i'm not going to listen to only this every day i mean it depends on the day for me uh (laughs) for sure i love putting stuff like this on especially at work because they've been really weird about us wearing headphones at work. So, like, I bring a portable Bluetooth speaker 
So, I mean, at that point, like, you need to listen to Defeated Sanity. <laughs> it, it keeps everybody away from your desk. Nobody comes and asks you any questions. <laughs> they just they just let you be you. Uh, as you as you as you do your job very proficiently and very technically, but yeah, I mean, I can't say this record's a disappointment. It's just that like I'm used to hearing bands like this progress beyond the level that they started at. And don't get me wrong; these guys were around for 11 years before they put that first record out, so they already started at a much higher level than I think a lot of bands do. But I was, I guess, I didn't expect them to double down on the brutality. I expected them to double down on the technicality. And maybe that's my bad, but it was just a personal disappointment. It's not a critique. It's just a personal preference. 2010, Chapters of Repugnance. Repugnant. Oh, God. Oh, God. Repugnant. Oh, oh, that's much better. Thanks, dude. It's all right. It's all right, guys. Joe jo- jo will be all patched up here in a few days. <laughs> How much did you like the slam death metal gurgling sounds, Dan? I mean, I, I enjoyed them. I don't know if my coworkers did, but I, I certainly did. We're setting a baseline for how much death metal you can play in a public work setting because this album does not let up at all. It feels a little bit thin, but I don't care. If it was a cassette from the 90s, I'd be all about that. I'd be hitting my bass boost on my Walkman and everything would be fine. So... It's another one. I enjoyed it. I don't really have a complaint because I don't really have unreasonable expectations for what it is. It's death metal. It's gurgling. It's slamming. The snare drum is cranked beyond reason. Beyond sanity. Exactly. (laughs) I actually quite enjoyed this one. This one might have been the one I enjoyed the most, if if I'm being totally honest. And that's because, yes... It's heavier. They somehow get heavier to the point where, like, that shitty Bluetooth speaker that I was using to listen to this band on, it could not handle the bass, uh, like, at all. And uh, so there was definitely a lot of, like, redlining going on. And just, it just, it sounded like it, it reminded me nostalgically enough of listening to shit on my old car stereo where I had blown, I mean, I probably blew the speakers day three. And then I just walked around, I just drove around and, and um, listened to music out of blown speakers. So it took me back there. But, you know, when I was talking about, you know, the, the technical edge of the band, this is where they start throwing in some of that weird, like, sort of jazzy shit. They're, like, the bass is turned up a lot louder, so you can kind of hear that the bass player is, like, actually doing some really cool shit underneath all of this. He's got the tapping thing going on. Well, I had to put in my headphones to appreciate it because, again, when I was listening to it on these on this, like, blown Bluetooth speaker, it, um, it just, all I heard was, like, static. And I was like, God, this record sounds like shit. And then I put my headphones in. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, we're, we're, we're back to kind of where we need to be on the baseline <laughs> here. Uh, but baselines run, run amok here. And, yeah, there's a lot of, like, really cool, um, a lot of really good techie bass work going on here. And uh, just a lot of, like, weird jazzy sort of drum fills thrown in there. And then the rest of it is just grinding, churning, slammy death metal. And I'm in, I'm here for it. Uh, I enjoyed this one the most because if I am paying attention, I'm rewarded uh, for, for doing so. And I know this kind of music can be kind of hard to pay attention to sometimes. Sometimes you just want to bang your head. But, uh, but no, I really, I really enjoyed hearing some of those weird jazzy sort of drum fills mixed in with, with clean bass lines on top of it. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of uh, another band that we talked about a while back. 
I can't remember the name of the band. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Why am I drawing a blank here? Uh, Lord Worm. Um, oh my, hold on. <laughs> hold that thought. So it reminds me of another band that we've, that we've talked about on this show before, and that's Cryptopsy, where, you know, sometimes the coolest thing you can do in your super ultra-technical brutal death metal band is throw in some, like, really jazzy, bassy shit. And uh, and I was here for it. I think this is like for me. This is this is what I wanted wanted the band to sound like this whole time. And uh, so yeah, I found I found this record immensely enjoyable overall. I'm not giving the drummer enough credit. This album is the cleanest so far. Oh, best production hands down. Yeah. So if you're a real beat head and you're looking for consistency and double bass that is not just try best you can and see what happens. This is a real technical step forward for the band, and I'm interested to know if it's going to continue. Are you ready, Dan? Yeah, I'm just going to spoil it for you. It, it's going to continue. 2013, Passages into Deformity. Oh, now we're talking. We are starting to really get to where we're at now. Like, okay, so I'm going to be straight up honest. This is exactly the same as the last album. Beyond cosmetically the same. But it's better. It really does sound like they recorded all of this at the same time in the same studio with the same settings, same mics. Don't get me wrong, I'm all about consistency, but it really could be a double album. That's how close it is. <laughs> well, we'll get to their version of a double album here in a little bit. Oh, God. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so everything I liked about the last album I like about this record. I think this one I think this one is a little bit I don't know, I, I it's a little bit more so, if if I can say it that way. Um and it's weird because I'm gonna say something that you're gonna laugh at. I feel like it's like tighter than the last album, even though it's longer than the last album. And I, I know that sounds like a contradiction. Uh but the whole the whole goal the ideas of of all of like i said all the all the cool bass work and all, all all the the weird jazzy sort of parts thrown in there that's all here but then they also inject a whole bunch of more doses of that ultra brutal slow agonizing breakdown you know we we are in pushing a boulder up a hill territory in places on this record so it is heavier it's like they it's like they did everything they did on the last album they just they just did more so they, they did it better the ideas were better they were more fleshed out and they were able to play around with it a little bit more and uh yeah i mean it's aces across the board i wish there was more i could say about it but like these two albums represent to me what i think to be the best material that they have 2016 disposal of the dead and darmata okay so this is a weird one uh talking about talking about double albums started off with throat singing so i'm in <laughs> yeah it does start it does start off with throat singing and um obviously that's super cool so the idea for this record was that the band's like we're gonna put out a split record with ourselves so what they've done is taken two completely separate pieces of material and put them together as a full-length album otherwise known as um gaming the discography discussion system where it's like nope it's a full length but it's actually just like two separate eps that we made and we've smashed them together and that's the album it still technically counts because we're talking about it <laughs> It's an odd change of pace, but in 2016, you've been doing this for 
how many years? Over 20? Go for it, guys. It's fine. You've consistently put out 10 years worth of death metal. If you want to try a thing, go ahead and try a thing. I appreciate how much bass is in the production. And I don't just mean the bass player. I mean, the EQ is a little heavier, ballsier. If that makes any sense, it makes you feel the rumble in places that you don't normally hear on a death metal record that sounds like the 90s. I feel the rumble in all my places. <laughs> Talking about side A, because I assume that's that's how this would be if you if you had the vinyl record of this. Side A is them just being a sort of barbarian caveman brutal death metal band. And I can't say that I love it because it's throwback death metal. But like in a weird in a weird sort of sort of way this record might have deeper bass it might have ballsier production but i think it comes at the expense of actually sounding good if, if that if that makes sense this sounds this sounds kind of shitty in comparison to like everything they put out up to this point and like i get it because they're going they're doing a thing i realize this is an intentional choice of being like let's just put out the most brutal like death metal album we've ever put out but the production just sounds like pure mud and the vocals are lower in the mix than they should be and they almost get drowned out by the music and you know before anybody you know screams like dude you just don't get technical or you i'm sorry before somebody screams you just don't get brutal death metal i i mean i i don't think i could convey to you the thousands of hours i have spent listening to shit just like this <laughs> like and it has its place i like it um but at this point in my at this point in my life i'm not making a maturity argument here uh i just did not find it to be a great showcase of what this band is capable of doing they really stripped out a lot of the technical elements that i like about this band and just went for this ultra guttural just belch from hell sort of sound and whereas the metalhead in me can 100 percent appreciate that this band has in the past been absolutely this heavy while still maintaining their level of skill and here they've sort of stripped that away and so no i did not enjoy side a very much but i enjoyed it a lot more than i enjoyed side b which is going to be a little bit surprising for some people have you ever gone into the studio dan and just fucked with the mixer while i wasn't looking joe i would never do that to you that's right because you would no longer exist if that had ever happened my point when you get to side b it's a totally different album it's a totally different recording it's not just the technicality. It's not that the songs are drastically different than what they've done before. It is quite literally a different band. At least it sounds like a different band. It sounds like a band that wanted to be jazzy for 20 minutes and they just pressed record at the right time. It's almost like a riff record. Like these are all the ideas we couldn't come up with full songs. So let's just throw them all together and see what happens. So I have a little bit more insight into what's really going on here. The first half of this record is a tribute to brutal death metal. It is a love letter to brutal death metal from a lot of people's favorite brutal death metal band, right? What could go wrong? So I think that I think that side A works really well for that being an intentional choice. Now, don't confuse that as me enjoying listening to it. I can't say that and I won't. 
Side B is them embracing all of their technical influences. They are absolutely just trying to sound like death or pestilence on this. Take your pick as to which one you think it actually sounds like. I think, unfortunately, what has taken place here is as good as this band is, they are not death and they are not pestilence. And what you get is sort of a facsimile or their best shot at doing that sort of sound. So like it's more of like it's more like later day death where it's like basically just like slower, more melodic thrash metal. At least that's what death sounds like. This is them trying to do that. And they've got the technical chops to make it sound kind of cool. But I don't think any of this material hits the way that the bands that they're tributing here, they, they, they don't hit the same way at all. It's more like an exercise in we can versus we had something solid with all these technical ideas and we just wanted to not be brutal for once. Yeah, it's, it's, pure, it's pure technical ability without the vision that should go along with that. And so it failed for me. I like I was I was actually pretty disappointed in this because I remember reading the album descriptor being like, yeah, the first half of this is going to be just straight up caveman death metal. And I was like, sweet. Uh, and then the second half of it, they're like, yeah, now they're going to pay tribute to, you know, some of their some of their favorite, like um, progressive technical death metal bands, you know. So I'm thinking like, oh, cool. So they're going to do like a cynic thing or a death thing, you know, and uh, and they do that but not even close to at the same level as those bands. And um, I think the best thing that I can say about it, the thing that I think is the most genius about it, is my favorite thing about Defeated Sanity is their level of technical playing and their brutality. And what they've done is they've taken their overall sound and they've literally dissected it into two different parts and put that, put that on a record. Like, hey, here's the brutal death metal part. Uh, here's the super technical stuff. Put it together at the same time and you have a Defeated Sanity record. It's genius, kind of, uh, but it, I didn't find any of the material overall enjoyable. And I think that's the that's the hard part for me. Um, and, you know, I can already, I can already, I can, I, I can already, like, look into the future and see the emails. Dude, you could not have been more wrong about this record because, you know, if you listen to the, if you listen to, uh, you know, the, the jazz yeah, if you listen to a lot of jazz, you would understand. Or if you, um, question, you know, yes, sir. I listen to a lot of jazz. I get what they're going for. I just don't think it's very good. That's right. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. That so wasn't a question. I realized, but you point. get my point. No, I'm, I, I get you because I'm trying to make some grandiose explanation, and what you said pretty much nails it on the head. Which is, it's I get what they're trying to do, but it just was not. It did not hit for me at all. 2020. This is going to be a fun one. The Sanguinary Impetus. Hey, thanks for saying that. I'm going to try to sing one. Let's see. Track two. Imposed Corporeal Inhabitation. Great song title. They're great. I'm Dude, 10 out of 10. Why is this record so quiet? Lack of mastering. Mastering for vinyl, but not mastering for MP3. It could just be me. It could be me just being so used to listening to records that are artificially loudened. And this is probably great in a full dynamic range system. I have to admit, I worked a unacceptable amount of hours this week, and I did not get the pleasure of listening to this on my hi-fi system at home. <laughs> so maybe if I had done that, uh, I, would, I wouldn't have this complaint, but it's weird that this is the newest Defeated Sanity album, and it's like quiet and doesn't, I don't know, doesn't sound as good as some of the other ones did. All that aside, thank God they're back to doing the damn thing. Play fast. 
thrash it out, be technical, be jazzy, and then just go right back to the growl. The gurgled vocals are 100%. If anything, they leaned into the technical the way I wanted them to on the previous album. Yes. They spend more time being random. And I feel like I'm being unfair saying this was interesting because I can't really tell you why this is better, except that what makes this band so good is the mix, not just the brutality, but the technical when you separate those things out, you get two completely different genres than what I'm listening to. So I think this is the best Defeated Sanity because it is literally defeating your sanity right now. Are you able to pay attention? I'm not. Do I remember what they did five seconds ago? Kinda, but if I try to remember, they've changed so many times in the last 10 seconds. Now I'm really confused. Where are we going? Where are we gonna end? Where are we going to land? I can't really slam to this, but now I can. I'm so confused and I want to listen to the album again. I think it works. It does work. And it's weird to say that for a band that has seemingly been at war with themselves this entire time as to like what they were actually trying to accomplish. And I think here they nail it. And um, I think this is some of some of their best material, because like you said, Joe, it, it is melodic, not melodic. Well, that is not a word that you apply to this band. Um, it, <laughs> it's technical in a way that I appreciate more. They're, they're better at kind of... I feel like there's always been this weird sort of like um, black line separation between their heavier moments and their more technical moments. And I think here is the first time that somebody applied some bilinear filtering and now they're starting to blend together a little bit better. And um, I think it sounds I think it sounds really, really good. Uh, I just wish it was, I just wish it was louder, which, you know, again, go ahead, send me that message. Hey man, you know, you can always turn the volume knob up, right? If something's not loud enough, you're right. I can, I can do that. Final thoughts on defeated sanity, Dan. I think, I think these guys are extremely talented, but if I'm being, if I'm being totally honest, this discography didn't really do it for me. Maybe if I'd spent more time listening to it, which is always a good argument for what we say on the show. Maybe you should have spent more time with it than just a week, uh, but that but that may be fair. But yeah, there, there's nothing about this that that jumped out at me as being truly incredible. So I'm a little bit shocked that this band is as popular as they are. But as a guy that listens to bands every single week, I can tell you it is hard to find a band that's this solid. So maybe that's maybe that's where it comes from. Is is the, these guys these guys are completely solid. And other than one exception are usually going to give you a comparable experience as to what you had heard the first time you heard this band. I think Defeated Sanity is one of the best change up the pattern of your weekly listening I've had in a long time. The band was brutal. They brought back that early 90s death metal sound and just broke me out of the mold for the week. When I'm taking a break from a band and listening to Wolfgang Van Halen again, I actually spent more time listening to Defeated Sanity because they were the change-up. They were completely random when I'm listening to them. I think it's worth going back to this band. I think if you need a change-up in the future, you should pick up one of these albums and just let it be that change of pace for you. You start off being extremely brutal. You end being extremely technical and extremely brutal. I'm not listening to this band for the vocals, at least not the lyrics, but the vocals are very present. And I hate to say 
a necessary piece of the death metal puzzle. So listen to Defeated Sanity. They're going to break you out of your mold and remind you how much you want to throw down in the pit and how long has it been since anybody's really been able to do that. Dan, what's your album of the week? My album of the week is undisputably Whatever It May Take by Heaven Shall Burn. We need to talk about those guys sometime. For me, it is Future Palace Escape. Shout out to the Discord, the Brian Patton from As the Story Grows. Paramore meets Spirit Box. That was his review for this one. Did you check it out, Dan? I have not had a chance to yet. I'm sorry. I failed. I failed you all. 100% up Jeff's alley. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Take us out, DFT. If you guys enjoy our podcast, thank you very much. Thank you for listening and, and supporting our podcast. If you want to reach out to us in any way, shape, or form, you can do that in a variety of ways. You can send us an email at show at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash discography discussion. You can follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal and also on Instagram at Discuss Metal. And if you guys would like to sponsor an episode of the show, again, send us an episode. And if you guys would like to sponsor an episode of the show, send us an email, show at gmail.com. Let us know what you are looking for us to advertise for you, and we'll see what we can do for you. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks again. And on that note, this has been episode 261 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Hey, look, I found a dollar. One dollar a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. Sweet. Not everything seems clear. The future's not so bright. The only chance is not to waste your life. Half hope and have no fear.